It is good to be in the house of the Lord with the people of God. Amen. Welcome into the presence of the Almighty. Amen. Don't we have the best pastor in the world? And that person we call Jesus. Isn't he awesome? How about a round of applause for Jesus? How about a thank you, God? Thank you, God. Yeah, I've got, I'm just the under shepherd. I'm, I, I, I'm not the true shepherd. Amen. And we've got one that is incredible. Amen. I'm so glad that he pastors me. Amen. And I like to tell people his pastures are the greenest pastures you can be in. The water is still and delightful. What an awesome thing it is to be guided of the Spirit of the Lord and to all of the delight of the kingdom of heaven. So we welcome everybody today. Uh, you, you know, I, I know that uh, I, I so appreciate the, the, uh, all of the kind uh, words and expressions, both to myself and to the First Lady. Thank you for everybody that, that prayed for me, and I would pray that you would always pray for me. Keep, keep me in prayer. I, I, I need prayer. Amen. You, you, you have to imagine that uh, if, if the enemy's going to attack Harvest Point Church, uh, he's going to come right knock on my door, right? He, he, he wants to take the head off the body. And so just keep, keep us in prayer. Amen. And, and I believe that uh, prayer is the mechanism, is the way that we do warfare in the kingdom of heaven. So thank you to everybody that prays for me, that lifted me up, that prayed for me even a moment ago. For me and my family, amen, it's so important that we be covered in prayer. Thank you for all the, if, if you gave a gift today, thank you for whatever sacrifice. I know it's, it, it, it's, it's always a sacrifice to give in that way. So thank you for your gift today. I, I want you to know that my wife and I, we, we sure do appreciate it. But I'm also thankful that, that over the years, uh, the, the board knows that, you know, of course, I appreciate we, we take a little portion of our service to do the dedication, but, but there's nothing more important than we're going to do today than to hear the word of the Lord. My heart is every Sunday you hear God speak. And if you hear the voice of the Lord, which I believe the Spirit of God is going to hasten right behind these words, and He's going to take these words in you, right? And He's going to fix them inside your spirit. He's going to move them inside your heart. It's my heart today that you won't just hear what I say, but you'll do what the very Word is commanding us to do. This is a do message, right? We don't want to be hearing. We want to be doing in the kingdom of heaven. And so the Lord has sent me here. The Spirit of the Lord has sent me here to speak to you about something very specific in faith. And I want to help stir your faith. Today, if you'll hear me, your faith will be magnified. Your faith will be enlarged. I'm going to expand your territory today by the power of the Spirit of God inside of me. And so I pray that you're just here to listen, to lay hold of the things I'm about to say. I pray that you compare them. How many know that we have a spiritual mind wherewith we can compare spiritual things with spiritual things? Better still, how many know we have the mind of Christ? That when we leave here, we can act upon the things that we hear. So I mean, I'm going to exhort you today to hear these words. I've, I've got limited time. Of course, we've got into uh, pastor appreciation. So if you look down, it's 1120. So if you take medication, take it now because I'm about to get down. And when I get down, you know, I get down with it. So let's do this. I want to ask you to stand. If you have your Bible, go to Colossians chapter 3. I, 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 am, I have been endeavoring uh, to teach uh, on the names of Jesus, right? And so I'm going to show you that there are over 300 names of Jesus listed in the Bible. I won't go through 300 names, so that would take me all year to do that, even longer than that, so I'm not going to go through all the names. But next Sunday, if the Spirit of the Lord permits me, I'm going to be teaching you the name Emmanuel. It's deeper than what you think it is. And I'm going to show you how prophetic it is. I'm going to teach you the name 
so that you'll understand that completely. It's so important that we understand and comprehend the names of the Lord. Jesus says, Lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the world. And he goes with you through his name. And so I want to teach you that. And I hope that you'll lay hold of these principles. So if you're in Colossians 3 today, I am preaching. This is, I'm not getting into the names of Jesus quite yet. I've been trying to help set the people in faith, right? So I know that many of you have a readiness, and I thank God. How many today would say you're ready to move on behalf of God? How many would say you're ready? I think everybody has a level of readiness. The next question is, are you set to go, right? And so my job today in the work of the Spirit of God is to set you in a position, to position you to to go in Jesus' name. And so that's what we're going to be doing today. So if you're in the book of Colossians, let me get over there with you. Colossians chapter 3. I want to read a portion of the scripture. I'm going to show you today just how much faith you have. And I want to stir up your faith. Somebody say amen. So I'm going to stir your faith. Look at your neighbor and say, you're going to stir your faith, baby. We're going, to get, we're going to stir faith today, and I pray that you'll allow me to do so. I believe that the Spirit of God has put faith in you to do incredible things on His name and in, on, on behalf of God. Colossians chapter 3, I'll begin here at verse 1. And I want to read this real slowly because there, there are very valuable spiritual, I, want to, I don't want to call them doctrines, but precepts here. That if you'll lay hold of these, these can transform your faith. So notice what it says. This is Colossians 3, verse 1. It says this. If ye then be risen with Christ. Look at your name and say, that's if you be risen. Right? Seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. So if ye then be risen with Christ. Seek those things which are above, which Christ did it on the right hand of God. Now watch this. Set your affection on things above. Right? Talking about getting set. This is a ready, set, go message. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. There's a rich concept there. I'm going to show you how rich those are in just a minute. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Did y'all get that? When he appears, we appear, and we're going to appear with him in glory. Anybody ready for that? Help me pray. Come on, let's all pray together. I know we got a lot going on today, but let's just get still. Father, we thank you for this celebration of you. This is pastor appreciation. Father, there's no greater pastor than you. No no greater shepherd than your son. Uh, no, no, No greater instructor than the Holy Spirit. And we stop to acknowledge that this hour. Holy Spirit, as we go forward today, let this message fall upon hearts that are ready, that are fruitful, that are pliable, that are soft and pliable to the working of the Spirit of God. Massage these words down deep into the very crevices of our heart that this, this, this message might yield back into the kingdom of heaven. Not 30, not 60, but a hundredfold, a hundred times that which was sown, that we might see great productivity in the Spirit of God in this message in the world. 
And so send us, uh, 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 send us to that place. Send us to that conversation. S- send us into that room. Send us into that, into that dark place where light must be shown. So we pray today that this, this message send us, set us in such a way that we might be positioned to move on behalf of God. Holy Spirit, we wait steadily upon you. We know that you're going to make this this day and this time, these next 30 minutes uh, beneficial to the family faith. And we pray all of that and no other name than we can pray, the beautiful name that we call Jesus. Amen. And amen and amen. Now listen, I want you to go greet somebody today, hug a neck, but then I want you to ask them, are you set in Jesus' name? Go ask them, are you set in Jesus' name? Amen. Go out and say hello one to another and say hi, then we're going to get into some of the message today. Amen. Blessings. Yeah. Are you set in the name of Jesus? Are you set in the name of Jesus? Are you set? In the name of Jesus. Are you set? In the name of Jesus. Are you set? Are you set? Are you set? Are you set? In the name of Jesus. Are you said in the name of Jesus? So good to look around and see the brethren saluting one another, saying hi and greeting each other in the name of the Lord. Oh, this is so vital that we provoke each other in love and to good works. Amen. So much more as we see the day approaching, we should be encouraging each other in faith. Amen. It's good to look around and see familiar and unfamiliar faces in the house of the Lord. We pray that today, if you're a guest today, just be relaxed. Just We ask you to take a chill pill in Jesus' name and just, I'm going to spread the word over you like butter. You're going to walk out of here and say, if I didn't do anything today, I heard God speak. Amen. Amen. I come on, on his behalf and for his purposes to help the people of God understand God himself. For the Bible says that my people perish for a lack of knowledge. And I want you to understand that the knowledge of him is eternal life. And I want you to walk in that life and that abundant life that Jesus promised. Let me begin here. I I, want to give to you a fulcrum of faith. A a position by which the believer, if if you can stake your claim here, your whole Bible uh, becomes colorful. becomes, Becomes fully aware of all that's moving on around you. I want to give you a verse that if you comprehend this verse, you can then begin to interpret all subsequent verses you might read in the Bible. And it's given to us by the Apostle Paul to to first the Christians in Rome when Paul wrote this. In fact, I'll give you the exact reference. Romans chapter 8, verse 32. Put it in your memory brain. Keep it. You're going to need this verse. 
And I'm here to tell you that if you really possess this verse, the devil's going to attack you because he doesn't want you walking in this sort of knowledge. This is what it says, very simple verse. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Uh, the Greek word panton, all, that means everything, nothing lacking. Completeness. That there is nothing, if God gave that, what will he not give? Or, or, or better yet, for the believer, imagine what is in store for you if you can access the kingdom of heaven by faith. That what's already been done is at your disposal. Well, you look at the, your neighbor and say, what's already been done is yours. Uh, what Jesus accomplished on the cross, we have now become an heir of that excellency. That what he's done and accomplished, you don't have to have faith for what has already been done. You just have to have the boldness as a child to access it. I, I, I would pray that today there's some parts of your faith that are second nature to you now. Any, anybody have been walking in the faith for a little while now and your faith is being groomed and matured and now you don't have to go through all the rigors of faith. You just possess something and it's down deep on the inside of you and you can make a, you can stake a claim, you can speak a word and you know that God is going to move behind that word because you're working in concert with the will of God and the purposes of the Lord. I pray that somebody's faith is matured. I pray that you're maturing. I'm praying that uh, you, you, you've been here already now a year or so, that you're not sucking on milk anymore. I pray that you know what it is to eat some meat in the house of the Lord, that when you come out of Harvest Point Church service, you say, you know what, I had a T-bone steak and a baked potato. I, I ate right and I'm full and I can go out into the world and make impact for God. Right. Tap your neighbor and say, get off that nipple, baby. Just get off that nipple. You, you've been here long enough. We want you to start growing up, right? You've been here long enough. Touch it back. You've been here a long time. I'm expecting to see miracles out of your life. Come on now, get with it. Get with it. It's time. It's time. It's time. So important that you understand that Jesus has already did it. If you want to know how far God will go, he spared not his own son to produce in you all ability. I want to massage your faith just a little bit because I think there's some things by which you've already settled in your mind through the victory of Jesus. You just haven't connected the dots yet. How many of you know what connect the dots are? That's a nice thing to do. If you can't draw but connect dots, you can do something pretty articulate, right? You can make a masterpiece. You can color by number. You just got to put the right color in the little area. Come on, somebody. And so I want you to hear this, that there are some things that God has already done in Jesus that you possess, and it's faith, and it's mighty faith. You just didn't recognize it. I, I, I want to quote a passage. I want to quote a passage. Can I quote a passage? In fact, will you do me a favor? I want you to go look at it with me. In fact, do this for me. Put your Bible ribbon on 1 Corinthians 15 because I'm going to go back and I'm going to blow up your world out of 1 Corinthians 15 and I'm going to enlarge your faith here. I'm going to enlarge your faith. So put your Bible ribbon on 1 Corinthians chapter 15. But if you could slide your Bible over to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and, and, and I want to say maybe starting like around verse 13 and 14, I'm going to I'm going to see if my memory serves me right because I want to share something with you about faith. And I'm going to see if I can't 
kind of quote. I'm actually wanting to get to verse 16 and 17. I can see it in my mind's eye, verses 16, 17, and 18. But let me see if my memory serves me right, and I can get a few subsequent verses there before that. But Paul says, Paul says, I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, watch this, concerning them which are asleep. I, I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you fear not, even as others who have no hope. For if you believe that Jesus died and rose again. Anybody believe that Jesus died and rose again? I mean, that's a pretty big thing to believe. You believe that Jesus died, was crucified, was buried, and three days later he got up. I mean, that's a lot of faith. Let me say that one more time. That, 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 that's, that's an incredible amount of faith to possess that you believe that Jesus died and three days later got back up again from the very one that says, this command have I from the Father. I have the power to lay down my life and to pick it right back up again. Look at your neighbor and say, I believe he got up. He says, if you believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. Touch him, say, now he's talking about you. You, you, you missed it. You, you, you see, you, you see I, I want to talk to you about the rapture. Let, 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 me, let, me, let me say that real slow because you might have missed it. Because, you know, you believe in the rapture. Anybody here believe in the rapture that Jesus said, I'm coming back again. See, see, you believe in the rapture. You just don't know how much faith it takes to believe in the rapture. I'm sitting amongst people today who believe that they're forgiven. How many people today believe you're forgiven by the blood? You believe, you believe you're forgiven. How many here believe you're in heaven, that there's streets of gold and a mansion in heaven? You, I mean, it takes a lot of faith to get there. You just don't know you possess it. I want to set your faith to get you in motion to do something spectacular for God. Notice that Paul says, if you believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. Paul says, and this we say, and I'm just quoting this from memory because I remember these are things that I quote regularly because I have to do funerals. Anybody ever been to a funeral? How many believe that if you die in Christ, you're really not dead yet? Uh, Paul said, Paul said, to be absent from this body is to be present with God. See, 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 it takes an incredible amount of faith to believe that. Right? So, 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 so Paul says, and this we say uh, by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain, remain shall not prevent them which are asleep. And here's the verse. Are you there in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16? And this is a verse that I wanted to bring you to, but I wanted to give you some, some pretext to it so that way you don't think I'm imbibbing upon the Bible. I want you to see something miraculous there. He says, and the Lord himself shall descend from heaven in the clouds with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God. And what does it say? And the dead in Christ shall rise first. You can put your hands together right there. I mean, that's, that's, that's incredible conversation there, that the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which remain, alive and remain, shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So shall we ever be with the Lord. And what does Paul say? Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. 
You believe in the rapture? You believe in the rapture? Isn't it amazing that in these conversations that I don't have to massage the idea of the rapture because you believe that Jesus is going to do it? Let me say that one more time. See, you believe it's part of the program. <laughs> I mean, there's some things that are just part of the program. It's part and parcel with belief and faith. That, that, that if you believe, how many believe that whenever Jesus comes back, he comes back? For no man knows the hour nor the day, right, the time, right? But how many know that there's people looking for him? Anybody here looking for him? You're not going to catch me by surprise because I'm waiting on the rapture. But we just don't recognize how miraculous it is. The rapture is miraculous. Let me say it one more time. Yes, sir. The rapture is miraculous. Yes, is. You say, why is it miraculous? Because God's going to lift you up. We're going to meet the Lord in the sky, in the clouds. And we're going to be changed. We're, we're going to be changed into something we've never been. And if you have a loved one who died professing faith, they too are going to rise. In fact, they're going to beat you to the resurrection. <laughs> they're going to beat you to Jesus. This is, these concepts are amazing. You don't realize that the faith that you have right now, I don't even have to stir your faith to believe in the rapture. That we sit here fully aware that we're forgiven. That there's heaven promised. The streets of gold, what mansions, Jesus said, if it were not so, I would have told you. We, we buy into all of that except the whole of it. And I'm here to stir your faith to show you that if you can believe in that, everything else is secondary. Let, 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 me, let, me, let me kind of break that down. Can I massage that into you a little bit? I'm going to massage it. Jesus, Jesus had some really close friends. In fact, uh, you might recognize this, this threesome as Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. Uh, we recognize this story. Most of you are familiar with the story of Lazarus found in St. John chapter 11. Uh, th- this is a passage of scripture where, where, where uh, Jesus was, was traveling, uh, was, uh, was ministering, and they sent a servant over to Jesus to tell him that the one that he loved was desperately ill, not realizing by the time the messenger got over to Jesus, he was already dead. Somebody say dead. Right. And the Bible says that Jesus tarried there two more days. So finally, Jesus says, listen, let's, let's go visit Lazarus, for he sleepeth, and I'm going to go wake him up. The disciples replied to that, well, good if he sleeps, because if he sleeps, he'll get better, Jesus. I'm not talking about him sleeping. Lazarus is dead, and I'm glad he's dead for your sake to the intent that you might believe. Somebody say believe. Look at your neighbor and say, baby, you got to believe. You got to believe. It amazes me how disrespectful disrespectful or disrespectfully we can respond to the very voice of God inside of us you you, you know sometimes we give to God very disrespectful remarks in our own prayers you know it amazes me here that the Bible says that when Jesus was approaching that Martha ran to him with an accusation Lord if you had been here my brother would not have died you know what Jesus said 
your brother's going to rise again. I'm here because your brother is going to get up again. He's going to live again. And you know what she says? Yay. Yay, I know, master. In that last day, in that resurrection in the last day, and what did Jesus say? I am the resurrection and the life. (laughs) Why do you believe it for then, but you won't believe it for now? Why is it that we can believe in resurrection in a later day, but you won't believe in resurrection in the present day? Because how many know that faith is? Now faith is. Faith is the present thing that brings Jesus right here on the spot. In fact, Jesus is wherever two or three are gathered together, my name. There I am in the midst of you. Why? Because sometimes we need Jesus presently. I am the resurrection and life. And he that believeth on me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Touch your neighbor and say, you're going to live. You believe in the resurrection? You even believe it for yourself. You, you really believe that God, right, Uh, Paul has died 2,000 years ago. That at the same time I'm glorified, he's glorified too. That God's going to find the dust of his bones, wherever that might lie, and bring him back together in the flesh to be glorified back together with God, with the family of faith. We believe that. Anybody today got somebody in the grave? Anybody got somebody in the grave? Who have since decayed. That God said. I'm going to stir that body again. And I'm going to take them right out of that grave. And I'm going to glorify them. You believe that. That somebody who died 2,000 years ago, 3,000 years ago, 4,000 years ago. Can I even suggest to you that the very first book in the Bible was written not as Genesis, but as the book of Job. That Job, the very first book ever written where God himself exercised his mind upon this man by the name of Job. And do you know that Job said, I know that my Redeemer lives. And that he will stand in the latter day. You know what he said? And though in my skin worms will destroy me, yet shall I stand in my flesh before God. What is the first thing that God gives a believer to comprehend about himself? That he is king over life. That he is power over life. Could I suggest to you that when Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth, catches, I am the life, he really means that. And that if you believe that God is going to rise up a dead loved one who died 50, 60, 70, 80 years ago, why wouldn't you believe that God would do it right now? And somebody in hospice 
or somebody at the hospital. A friend who told you that they got high blood pressure or they were diagnosed with some infirmity. And you stand there nodding your head as though you empathize with them. God is saying, snap out of that. It's time for you to get your mindset. If you believe I can raise up somebody who died 3,000 years ago, who are nothing but dust upon the earth, how much more should you be set in your mind that when you go into that ICU room, you can say, in the name of Jesus, get up out of that bed. Um, I'm talking to somebody. I'm talking to somebody. Everybody stand up right now and go hug somebody and say, in the name of Jesus, let it be so. Stand up right now and go hug somebody and say, in the name of Jesus, let it be so. In the name of Jesus, let it be so. You have the faith. You have the faith. You have the faith. In the name of Jesus, let it be so. In the name of Jesus, let it be so. Give somebody a high five and say, in the name of Jesus, let it be so. Let it be so, let it be so, let it be so. In the name of Jesus, let it be so. This is the glory. L listen, if you believe Jesus be risen, and if you believe you died with him, then set your affections on things above. Get yourself set because the Spirit of God is going to take you somewhere. I, I, I perceive in the church there's a readiness. You're just not set yet. I, I believe you have a heart to go for God. I believe there's a lot of people here this morning say, Preacher, I want to be used of the Lord. Uh, uh, Pastor, I want, to, I want to go out and do the work of the Lord. And I, I thank God that you're ready. You're just not set yet. You have to be set. You have to be set. See, if we believe that Jesus is risen, then everything else is secondary. Let me say that one more time. If you believe that Jesus Christ rose from the dead, every other subsequent expression of faith is secondary. Let me say it one more time because you've got to get this down into your spirit. I pray the Spirit of God massages down deep in the inside of you. If you believe that Jesus Christ died and rose again, every other faith that you're going to express in this world is secondary to that belief. I believe that my Jesus rose from the dead. I believe that my Jesus is the first fruit of among those who rose out of the grave. I believe he has power over life and death. He possesses the keys of both death and hell itself. And I'm here to tell you that my God has sent me to tell you he'll do it again. Yeah. That he'll back up his name. But we've got to go in that name. He's sending us. Y'all want to go a little deeper with me? Uh, so many of you, based upon his death and resurrection, this is the crown jewel of the kingdom of heaven. This is where all of us place our faith. We, we are structured in Christianity to understand that all of Christendom, all of Christian faith, resides in one simple event in human history. And that is the resurrection of Jesus Christ himself from the grave. If Jesus be not risen, you're still dead. You're dead in your sins. Even my preaching today is a vanity. Because we're all lost. But if Jesus be risen... Uh, let me say it one more time, if Jesus, be, if Jesus be risen. How many know that Jesus rose from the dead? Listen, listen, if you believe that, you can believe anything. If you believe that Jesus rose from the dead, it's nothing for you to point at cancer and say, in Jesus' name, be gone. 
It's nothing for you to point at some mental disability or some hurt or some thing or some situation. Somebody says, well, marriage is intact or people struggling, a situation, famine, whatever. For you to say in the name of Jesus, for you to even look at the clouds and say, rain no more. Oh, if you get this down in your spirit. Hear it again. If he spared not his own son, he that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Y'all want to get down? Look, every one of you, I'm going to get down with the get down right here. Every one of you think you're forgiven. How many know that he is faithful and just to forgive us all our sins? Anybody ever cry out to the Lord that way? Anybody ever have a cry of repentance, something, and you asked the Lord to forgive you? You you, you gave it over to Jesus. Didn't he carry it for you? Not one of us come in here or should be in here with with any attachment to something from yesterday. For you're a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. These are things that we say in the church and we believe them completely. All of us believe that we are saved. Saved from what? Saved from your sins. I know it was only two or three, but it's two or three nonetheless. <laughs> Look at your name and say, Pastor, line with that one. You, you know you had a multitude of sins. It's called atonement. At one moment, at one moment, all your sins were forgiven. And we believe that. We say hallelujah. We glorify God. We know that his blood is perfect. We know that, it's, that through his blood we've been washed by the blood of the lamb, right? And we profess that. We say it. We tell people that we meet that you can be free from all your sins. We believe the whole part of that because we believe that Jesus provided it. And it's so much deeper. Watch this. Uh, in the ninth chapter of St. Matthew, I believe it's recorded again in St. Mark 2, but don't quote me on that, but I believe it's in Mark 2, if I remember my pages right. Uh, there's a story of a, a young man, uh, actually some siblings, four siblings, whose brother was sick with the palsy. And the Bible records that Jesus was teaching in a house, and the house was so full of people that when they brought their brother that they couldn't get in through the throng, they're at the front door, they couldn't find a place. So they decided, let's... Let's go on to the roof. I mean, that'd be messed up, right? You invite Jesus over to your house, and then you walk in, and Jesus, what y'all do to my roof, you know? But Somebody had the idea, let's go on the roof, and let's just lower our brother before the Lord. Y'all remember this story? The Bible says that Jesus was teaching, and as he was teaching, they, 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 they lowered him. And as, as he got before the Lord, uh, Jesus saw their faith. And, and so Jesus said this, be of good cheer, son. Thy, son, thy sins be forgiven you. The Bible says that there were religious people there. You know, the elitists there, the uh, pe- people who were part of the upper echelon of that religious society. And oh, what indignation they had towards them. Oh, what blasphemy that he's going to Because only God can forgive sins. And the Bible says, in Jesus perceiving their heart said this. What's easier to say? What's easier to say? Thy sins be forgiven you, or son, take up thy mat and go home. Oh, that Jesus could come and talk to us again. 
We, we are so convinced in our forgiveness, but not convinced in his power. We're so convinced that we're forgiven, we, we don't even take a thought to it. When we, when we say, Lord, forgive me, we just wash it away. We think it is completely done. Yet when we speak on behalf of Jesus, we question what we say. And in fact, we even doubt it. The Bible says that any man that doubts what he prays shouldn't expect to receive anything from God. For he is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. You know why the Bible says that? Because if you can believe for forgiveness, you can believe for anything subsequent to that. Should I do this or not, Holy Spirit? The Ark of the Covenant is a symbol, a pre-symbol, a figure of the person Christ in the Old Testament. Everything contained within the Ark of the Covenant was everything that God could judge a man for. And so he put it inside the Ark. On top of that Ark, he put a mercy seat and would sprinkle blood on that. So in order for God to judge a man, he would have to look through the blood, past his mercy, to the very thing that you can be judged for. Aaron's rod that budded, which is authority. The Decalogue, the Ten Commandments, and the bowl of manna, the person Christ. I'm concerned with the church because we are simply not using our authority. You, 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 you got to think about what I just told you, you see. I think there's a stain on you, and there's a stain on me. You know what it is? We're just not exercising our authority. The sad thing about it is we have faith to exercise it. We're just not doing it. We believe in the resurrection. We believe that Jesus rose from the dead. We believe that we're going to rise from the dead. We believe that we're forgiven. And Jesus, listen, if you believe you're forgiven, why can't you believe conversely for something lesser? Like somebody getting up off their deathbed. He says, so that you may know that the Son of Man had the power to forgive sins. Son, take up that bed. Go home. Stood up right up to his feet. And he walked on home. We have to be set like that. Are you set in your mind like that? It's not even a, it's not even a matter of the Spirit of God moving over you to invest in your faith. It's taking the faith that he's already given you and stirring it up into action. You have the faith to believe that God can do it. You, you have the knowledge of knowing that our God can do anything. Jesus says, if thou canst believe, if thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. If you believe that Christ be risen, then we need to set our affections on things above. Stop and think for a moment with me. Let's get practical in the message. Do you believe that you're going to rise from the dead? 
Do, do, do you believe that your loved one, a mother, an aunt, a brother, sister, somebody, a grandparent that you laid to rest, do you believe that at that last trump, at the trump of God, that the very voice of Christ will snap them awake? 50, 60, 100 years after their death, all the decay that's come upon their bones, that God's going to bring it all back together. And should the Lord tarry, which I don't believe he will, I believe we're in the last minutes of mankind. I believe the rapture can happen even today. I don't think we'll see 2030s in our lifetime. Yeah, we believe that and we can't believe for God to do something supernatural right here, right now. Something lesser than. And I challenge you today. I want to set your faith in motion. You have the faith. You just need to set it. If God can do this, he can do that. If he has the power to do that, he can certainly do this. And it's getting to where our faith is now a, 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 an unconscious faith that you don't even have to be stirred to think about it. When, when you speak a word on behalf of God, you're not having to stir yourself up and invoke your faith. You're simply speaking the truth of God in authority. Did somebody say amen to that? Amen. Stand to your feet. I can't preach no longer. I had a few other stories, but they're going to have to wait. You're going to have to get them another time. I believe the Spirit of the Lord has already provoked you. I believe the Spirit of the Lord has already provoked us. Now, now, now just close your eyes with me just for a minute. And, and Holy Spirit, I know you're already in the rooms. Jesus, you're already in the mix. You're already present. You're already doing it. Last week, with your eyes closed, I really want you to think through what I'm about to tell you. Last week, we, I preached a message. The Spirit told me to tell you, take a look. L look at everything going on around you, all of it. Some of it may be of God. Some of it may be the hand of God. You might be experiencing a blessing, a thing, some, some good thing, uh, you might be in the beginning of blessings and things. And, or maybe today you're here and you say, Preacher, man, I'm going through one of the worst times in my life. I've got this situation. I've got a, a problem here. I've, I've got things moving on around me. I don't know what you're here with. This is what I've come to tell you. Everything that you take a look at is under his name. Everything that you look at, just know that he's conquered all of it. It could be because of it, right? You, the blessing is because of it. <laughs> oh, that we would give to the Lord, attribute to God what's his. That there would be a matter of thankfulness in the house of the Lord. For this is the will of God. Christ Jesus concerning you that you be thankful but there's some things in your life that, that don't look like God <laughs> that God has permitted for the exercising of faith but there are going to be some things in your life that happen because God wants you to exercise authority 
for the kingdom of heaven. Look at everything around you. What are you seeing? You're seeing some sick people. You're seeing some kids, maybe, uh, uh, grandchildren, maybe, who have walked away from God. Maybe there's salvation absent from a family or family members or a thing. Take a look now. Come on, because you're the only person there with the vantage point of seeing by faith. God sent you. You just got to get set. You say, Pastor, I got bad news. A a, a brother, a friend of mine lost his job. (laughs) Pastor, I got bad news. A a sister friend of mine, she was diagnosed with some terminal thing. I don't know what what, what you've been, what's been happening around you. But the Spirit of the Lord has sent me to tell you that if you can believe for the greater thing, if, if you be dead in Christ, if you be risen with Him, set your affection on things above. In other words, put your spiritual mind on and not your natural mind. And God is saying, take a look now. Set your faith because I'm going to 